Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Be sure to go to HabsUnfiltered.net to check out all the great giveaways, all the great sponsors, all the promo codes for each sponsor to save you money on amazing products. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 250. I am your host, Blaine Putvang, and I'm joined now by my co-hosts, Matt Smith. Good evening. And Treg Wilson. Evening. So, how was the week? Busy. Busy, yeah. Also busy. Did a bunch of training that I already actually received. Always the best. So I came in to work for nothing. So other than that, fantastic. <laughs> you, you have to do this training. I already have it. You have to do it again. Okay. I was, I was told that the... Uh, the qualification had split into separate quals and instead of grandfathering me over, they were just like, Oh, you can redo the training. And then I told that to the assessor and the assessor was like, that's not, that's not actually the thing. <laughs> so I went in, it was a refresher. I'll just call it that. Fair. Yeah. So you, you're, are you prepped for your move, Treg? Well, I have my condo. I have everything ready. I just put my claims in for my first and last month. So I'll be getting that money back and uh, I'm ready to go. Yeah. I just got to pack, I guess. That's about it. Um, and for one of our friends of the show, former guests and one of our loyal listeners, uh, Scott McCarthy, if you want the beer, you have to help Treg move. Right. <laughs> It's going to be, it's probably, he's probably right though. Probably is only going to be three bags. I'm not a, uh, <laughs> I don't have, oh wait. And I got my, you know, my PlayStation, my computer. And yeah. All that kind of stuff, but. The essentials. But, yeah, you know, I mean, you need a, you need someone like a Batman. You need someone that'll right. go get the stuff, bring it up, unpack it neatly, maybe iron some stuff. Yeah. You want a couple of cases of free beer. Got to earn it. That's right. That's right. I don't give this stuff away for free. It's not right. like our healthcare system. It's not actually free. <laughs> we do pay for it somehow. In some way, somehow. All right. Um, so this is our 250th episode. We've been doing this for, I'm, I'm surprised we're still doing this, to be honest. <laughs> um, enough, it is people, our one... enough people seem to like us. So yeah, all our moms. 
yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we have a lot of moms. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, this is our 199th show as an independent podcast. So that's that's a big milestone coming up too. Uh, so thank you to everybody who's been listening and clicking and interacting. We're still around because you guys still still listen. Um, they like us. They really like us. <laughs> but on to the show. It is an Easter Good Friday episode. Uh, for those who celebrate Easter, happy Easter. For those who celebrate Passover, happy Passover. For those who celebrate Ramadan, uh, happy Ramadan. If you don't celebrate anything, enjoy the free day off. If you're in Canada or the United States. And I want to pass on uh, our best wishes and best of luck to Canada's Invictus team who uh, began their, tr- who, who have gone to the Hague to compete in the Invictus Games. So go Canada, go. Now on to the show, we're going to do a little bit of an around the league. Uh, Ryan Hartman of the Minnesota wild <clears throat> was fined $4,200 for flipping the bird to Evander Kane, which is something I think everybody in the NHL wanted to do. I mean, Fans alike. I mean, Bufflin when they were teammates did it openly. Wow. There was a uh, GoFundMe page, I guess, someone put out to... Um, they were... Yeah, a wild fan found his Venmo account, and then... Actually, that, that Venmo, I just read online, that Venmo was fake. Uh, someone was trying to get money uh, off it. What happened was people were sending the Minnesota Wild money to help him pay for the fine. Yeah. And uh, he decided he's going to use it to the Minnesota Children's Hospital. That's right. Because um, he can, you know, he said, I can pay this myself. It's not that big of a deal. But... Uh, Anyway, so he's going to take it until 7 p.m. tonight, uh, I'm assuming Eastern time or whatever Minnesota time is. Um, he's going to, whoever sends him money, is going to give to the Children's Hospital. But I just read it because I thought that too, Blaine, and I just read on Twitter there that uh, that was a fake account. The name's not even okay. spelled right. So. Yeah, I wasn't sharing any information. I, uh, it's yeah. just what I heard. I heard Venmo. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the fans were sending him cash. He's going to give it to yeah. charity. And that's, honestly, that's, kind of tracks with what hockey players normally do except um, ex- <laughs> oh and his ex-wife donated to the cause that was that yeah that was that made the news i thought that I, was uh, i liked hartman's comments too where he said yeah five you know hey, vander kane said it took five of them to come and take me down or whatever and hartman kind of said yeah because no one else would help stick up for you no one on your own team would stick up for you so it's kind of true. It's kind of true. I don't know. If you got talent, you can do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. But... And he's had plenty of opportunities. He keeps getting second chances, third chances, 12th chances. It's all about putting the puck in the net. Yep. So good. Good for, good for Hartman. Good for Kane's ex-wife. I mean, <laughs> I, I laughed at that one. And good for the children's hospital. in Minnesota. That's right. Uh, all right. From there, um, the Canadians, well, the Laval Rocket, have signed Owen Savory, a goaltender of the UMass Lowell, as a uh, free agent to a 
professional tryout contract. So he's going to be joining the uh, Laval Rocket here in the next couple of days. Um, for those who don't know, Owen Savory was a semifinalist for the Mike Richter Award, which is the top goaltender in the NCAA. He, uh, he has a 1.93 goals against average and a 9.26 save percentage this year with UMass Lowell, who did make it into the Frozen Four tournament, but just, you know, they, they, they lost out. I think this is a good signing for the Canadians because that's, you know, that's where Condotta was playing too, right? Uh, UMass Lowell? UMass? I think so, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I think. Well, with Savory, he started off his collegiate career with RPI and then he transferred to UMass. Okay. So that's kind of like what uh, Condotta did. Okay. Um, so University of Massachusetts yes, same school. player. Massachusetts, Boston area. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious. But with McDivin gone, this, you know, if, if this works out, he could fill in that role that McDivin had as uh, filling out the tandem in Laval. Because I know... I know Kevin Poulain is doing a good job down there right now, but he's not signed to an NHL contract. So if Savory does well, maybe he gets an ELC. Maybe he can fill in that, that hole in the system because I know everyone has this hard on for keeping uh, uh, Motambo in the system, but I don't think there's any plans on keeping him. I think, I think it's going to see where uh, Dobes and Dachau, or how do you say, is it Dachau or Dachau? Dachau and Dachau, where if they sign, there's three contracts left to sign before they hit their 50. And uh, I mean, in the off season, it's not going to matter because of UFAs and stuff. But uh, I I think it depends on if they're going to sign and come over or what they're going to do. And this is a good insurance in case they both, Maybe they, they could sign and stay in Europe for the year to, as well. So, um, yeah, I, but, I don't uh, think either one <clears throat> are signing. And even if they did, like you said, I don't think they're ready to come over. No, they're not yet. They just got drafted last year. And, but, uh, you know, uh, it's good sign. It's PTO, so it's good work. It may not work. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's no, like it's, a, it's, it's, it's a tryout. And, and it's kind of a, a weird time, too, because uh, I, I mentioned off the air there to you, Blaine, uh, if price is coming back, that means Primo's going back down. Kevin Poulin and Primo have been a pretty good tandem right now. Uh, it's yeah. not saying this guy can't go down to the Lions and play for them, but. Uh, Poulin's actually uh, played, honestly, Poulin's actually played better than Primo has. He has, and yeah. uh, he's kind of turned that uh, backup role into a 1A, 1B type situation. True. Laval, so. Yeah. At the same time, Kevin Poulin has NHL experience. He's, he does. he's a veteran goaltender. So having him there with Primo is probably the more likely scenario with yeah. Savory probably going down, joining the the Dion. The but nonetheless, adding another goaltender into the mix considering where their goaltending system is right now, where they're kind of, they're in that in-between stage. They don't have a lot of guys that are ready to step into these different roles. This could work out. Yeah. I can see Pulak coming back next year. There's your, there's your other goal. There's your other goalie. He seems to be happy there. On another AHL deal. Yeah. I also think Pulak with the way he's been playing AHL, he might be looking for a uh, two-way NHL contract. Oh, more than likely. Yeah. If someone's willing to give it to him, if not, yeah. I can see him signing another one-year yeah. AHL yeah. contract. For sure. I mean, he started in Levet or in Trois Rivières, and 
Yeah. Here he is. Yeah. They move McDivin out of the way so that he can step in. Well, he was playing better than McDivin. That and McDivin asked for the trade. Yeah. There was that whole play, uh, performance aspect of it. Yes. Um, so the big news right now is, uh, as always, whether or not Price is going to play. If he does step up on Friday, as uh, has been speculated openly by several members of the media, George LaRock said, it, said, you know, guaranteed, bet your house this is happening. If it does happen, it's on a good Friday. Um, it's a couple days early for Jesus Price to rise, but it's but Easter weekend. A good pri- Friday is when Jesus Price arrived in Jerusalem. That's right. And seeing as how Montreal is the Mecca of hockey, it would be the Jerusalem of hockey. Blasphemy. Yeah, whatever. According to Sportsnet, he's expected to play against Washington on Saturday. According to Sportsnet. Yeah, LaRock says Friday. I I think Friday, too. I'd rather him play against... I think it, I, I think it makes more sense game. because you're not playing you're not playing them on a back to back, and you're going to have a more rested team. Yeah. On paper. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That. Yeah. That is the more favorable setup for him, and yeah. considering he hasn't played all year, I would try to give him the best chances possible to be defended well. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I think Friday would be the better night to play him than, uh, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Absolutely. And, and according to, um, you know, uh, John Liu and uh, Eric Engels, the whole crowd, um, Price has been practicing a solid hour every practice, hour and 10, a little bit more. That's a lot of ice time in a practice for a goaltender. He's really Par- putting apparently the pressure last on his practice. hip and his knees. Apparently so, the last practice he did in- this is uh, this is just based off last night's game and uh, a little bit of coverage they showed of him practicing. Apparently, he didn't give up the net to Primo. No, and he no. just he just stayed out there the whole time. So, that's, so that's, that... he's really pushing. He's really pushing mm-hmm. to his limits to test himself, and it, it's showing that I think he's he's there. Yeah, he's done that a couple practices now. The last couple of weeks where he hasn't given up the net, so Primo's had to go and kind of rotate with Montebo and Allen, but now just Montebo, I guess, but yeah. Or go to the other pad and just skate around. Mm. Yeah. But one of the questions would be, why would he want to play now with six games left in the season? You know, there's not a lot of time left. Why not just wait it out and, you know, train in the off season and then play next year. He's just doing it for himself. Show that he still has it in him. That's impossible. Players do not do that for themselves. They're selfless. I, I, I don't think like, a lot of people are saying, you know, trade them or trade Jake Allen or trade this player. And I'm like, you look at what Montreal has right now in goaltending. Yes, we, we talked about some of their prospects. They don't have anybody that can come in right now and be the guy. Nope. Matt, did you see Montembeau play the other night? I not did. Last, not last night. The night before. We made all them big saves and that loss. But uh, listen, I'm, I, all right, now you just hit my button. Okay. <laughs> For anyone listening out there, 
just because Montembeau has one good game a month does not overcome the four bad games he has every month. Absolutely. Um, I get it. Nice kid. What, 25, 24, 25 years old? Something like that. He's francophone. He's that guy that everyone wants to root for. Not an NHL goalie. He's a backup at best. He allows at least one bad goal in a game. The first goal against Columbus. We're going to get into that later. Uh, and the third goal, too. Um, Last goal. I'm just saying, yes, Montembeau makes some big saves. Yes, he has a pretty good game every once in a while. But it doesn't make up for all the terrible games he has. So get rid of this whole, let's get rid of Allen, get some assets because we have Montembeau. You know, let's get rid of, you know, Price can Montembeau come back. No, Price needs a goalie who can play 25 to possibly 30 games if they need him to. That gives them a chance to win. And be reliable. Yeah. Not a guy who's just going to fill in. We hope he has his good game and yeah. he doesn't have his bad game tonight. Yeah. I think this, uh, this, whole, thing, this whole thing <laughs> with Montembeau is based off of expectations. Right now, the expectations for the team are as low as you can possibly have. Yeah. So everyone's just watching the games going, ah, he tries hard. I like it. But the second there's an expectation for the team to win a game or compete for something, uh, he, he pulls he pulls out games uh, games like that where he gives yeah. up a couple of bananas a night. They're going to turn on him. Remember anti Niami? Yep, exactly. When he first came in, he Price went injured. He played great. Had that Tampa Bay game. I think they ended up losing in overtime, but he yeah. was just stellar. Well, guess what? It doesn't last. He had a what was it six games where he had like a nine fifty save percentage and then oh, he, and then he was lights out yeah and then that yeah. was it and that's yeah. Montembeau's the same way he had a stretch I think in January where he was facing forty some odd shots a game and he was doing really well I think he won one of them and then uh, you know for every but for every good game he has he has two to three bad games and again just can't it's all about ratio. expectations it's just expectations it. there's a reason they got him for free. <laughs> yeah um i know there's a lot of concern as well over if price comes back and plays the impact on the lottery i mean it's gonna matter who cares it's gonna matter you've got a franchise goaltender that you're now getting back to your lineup i think that's a lot more important than your pick especially since he signed for another few years and You're, gives them and is is a guy that's going to be able to steal wins for them. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, if the team is that bad in front of them, no, no, I'm not know. talking about not talking about oh, okay. this season. I'm not talking about this season. I'm talking about going into next. So season. right now with this draft, right now with eight games left, Montreal's six points out of fourth last with eight games to go. And they've been the hottest team of the bottom five for the past two months. Meaning they've had the best record out of the bottom five teams for the past two months. And they're still and, sitting at the bottom. And they're still two points ahead of the bottom and six points away from dropping out of the top three. Which is that's not going to happen. That's just a tie for, for the fourth last. That's not to – so really they're seven points from – well, they'll be in – 
uh, one, two, three, four, five. They'll be in the bottom five. Seven points to tie for the bottom five. And they have eight games left. So they basically need almost a point a game. Essentially, they're guaranteed a top five pick, even if a team outside the top five wins the lottery. If they win all eight games, they're only going to have 67 points. That still puts them 24th. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But so the, the majority of the teams are playing though are playoff teams. So they're going to play the water. Yeah. So in order, these are their next games. They play the Islanders, Washington, uh, Minnesota, Philly, Ottawa, Boston, the Rangers, and Florida. And and right now, Buffalo, Ottawa, and the Kraken all have a better record or are playing better right now than Montreal is. Yeah. Well, look at Buffalo. Yeah. They just they handed Toronto their lunch. Owen Power looked been. amazing in his first been. game. But like Ottawa right now, um, Montreal's played one more game than them, and they're nine points ahead. Ottawa's nine <laughs> points ahead. Yeah. Buffalo's played one more game than them, and they're 14 points ahead. And and Buff- Ottawa also has seven more wins than the Canadians have. Uh, there you go. They have the Canadians have the least amount of wins in the league. Yeah. So for anyone that's really worried, don't be worried. Price returning and playing even six of the remaining games. Because he won't play them all. He yep. won't play them all. And I doubt he plays that many. Is not going to make a difference. They're guaranteed a top five pick in this draft. For me, this is just him proving to himself he can play. And if he can play in those games and he does well, we still have the world championships coming up that he could go to and he can play in. And if he does well there, then maybe if he decides he wants to leave, and this is where Treg's latest article comes into play because of the no move clause. If he decides, Hey, you know what? I'd like to go somewhere else by playing well over this time frame, it, it would prove to the GMs. Yeah. 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 And it could make it easier for Montreal to move. Yeah. Cause, cause be- then, cause then Montreal can say, well, look what he did when he came back. This That's guy's right. Still a, this guy's still a superstar goaltender. We're not giving them a, we're not taking a bad contract for you to have them. You clear your cap space and we'll trade them to you. Yeah. Right. I mean, they, I think they still will have to work something out, but there's not going to be uh, the return. If he's ever traded would is never be the impact. No, it, it's, it depends on who he goes to. And if he wants to go to a contending team, those content, that contending team has to clear cap space. Cause I don't yeah. think there's a contending team right now. That's unless you go to a team that's close to, like i don't know who i hit my mic <laughs> but uh, yeah it's there's a handful of teams that would be considered contenders and if he does move he'd want to go out west so it's closer to his wife's family and his family and you know there's all these things right so colorado maybe could do it yeah maybe maybe For me, it's gonna be, when you bring up the world cha- when you bring up the uh, the world championships um going off of price so obviously you'd like to see him play but yeah um you know which other canadians possibly could uh could put their hat in the ring like who did that that might be able to say i want to jump in and kind of fast you know continue my progression suzuki i i, I like to see it yeah i like yeah. to see suzuki maybe a field for the usa yeah maybe josh anderson would go maybe gallagher would go harris right so Harris could play for Team USA. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I mean, I could see Gallagher guys, really. being picked for that. Yeah. 
Maybe Jake Evans. Maybe. Uh, outside chance, sure. Depends on who. It depends on who says yes and who says no. Because you always see those teams with, you know, a couple questionable players. Like mm-hmm. either either you're saying like, why did they pick him, or who the fuck he, is that guy? <laughs> he, he was the so, only one available. Yeah, Jeff yeah. Petrie maybe for the USA. Yeah, yeah. I I see the World Championships as more of a a proving ground, a, a place that t- players go to if they want to prove something. Well, obviously what they're going to do is they're going to ask Carey Price and he's going to be like, no, you know, like I'm going to spend some time with my family. It was good to be back when, you know, between the pipes and uh, maybe you should ask Sam and then Sam Montembeau is going to win gold for him. And win gold. Yeah. You you heard it here first. With uh, seven straight shutouts. Clearly. Have you seen him play? My God. (laughs) You know what? That's probably going to happen just so people can come back on my timeline on Twitter. Sam, I told you Montembeau was fucking good. Oh you, man! Speaking speaking of the guy that dissed Charlie Lingren for so long, <laughs> Montem- you know what? Montebo, Charlie Lingren, same yeah. <laughs> goddamn player, is going to go to St. Louis and get the win four out of five games, go undefeated, and everyone's yeah. going to think he's a superstar. That's right. You know, no one's ever seen the two together. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Now Montembeau doesn't lose his equipment when he's trying to make a save. So that's true. That's true. Um, but let's let's pretend that Price does play well, does play through the World Championships, and other GMs are willing to take on the contract or make a trade for him in some fashion. Barring the return, let's ignore all that for now. Who could possibly step in? Treg, you did a whole article on this all right who could it be i could name off five guys and you guys can say yay or nay no <laughs> or i could name who i think out of my article would be the best fit for montreal if he goes I can do sure you i'll leave you in charge of that you figure it out all right so I'll, I'll leave it to this guy all right we'll start with this one the first one was jake allen uh which makes sense he has a year left on his contract he's pretty much filled in when healthy for now He's had injury issues this year. Um, why not? He's a solid replacement. Who's his backup? Who cares? <laughs> who cares? Sam Brent. I've never Brighton. seen that guy play. I've never seen Sam, who cares play. Charlie Montembeau. <laughs> Charlie Montembrin. Um Sam Lindgren. Sam Lindgren. Um, so that, that's your logical pick. He has a year left. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll stick with him for a year. Hope Primo comes up. If he doesn't, we'll we'll worry about it in the next free agency. Uh, the next one would be UFA Mark Andre Fleury. Um, he's still going to come out of price. Uh, he is thirty seven, I think. Thirty seven, uh, yeah. Thirty seven. So you're only going to get him for a two or three year contract, regardless, because you're not going to sign him past forty. Um, but he is coming off of as a trophy winning year last year. Last year yeah. um, he's playing lights out for Minnesota. Uh, so in front of a better team or with a better team in front of him, he's definitely playing better. Uh, but that begs a different what type of teams Montreal going to have next year. And is Marc-Andre Fleury going to want to move to another city and move to Canada where he's been in the United States his entire career 
Yada, yada. There's all kinds of factors when it comes to Mark Andre. He would count as the big name free agent. That he would. And that's, that's why he was brought up in the article. Yeah. Um, the third guy is, uh, shit. Who is the third guy? Um, Huso. Just a second. Uh, Huso. Okay. We'll go to Huso. I think he was the fourth, but yeah. Um, so Vili Huso, who pretty much made Jordan Bennington expendable and he doesn't even have to play a game anymore. Mind you, he's only played two more games in Bennington, but he's uh, has a 925 uh, save percentage, 238 goals against average, and he's only lost nine games all year, nine uh, regular minute games all year. Um, so to me, and he's only 25 years old. So to me, I think that would be a, a, that would be my pick for the guy if I was going in, if he, we were losing price and we're going to UFA because he's young. Uh, and uh, it doesn't matter which way your team's going. You can sign this guy to a six, seven year deal. And if you're rebuilding, he's, you know, you've got a guy young enough that can. Uh, he fits in uh, with the core group. He fits age, in with the core age wise. group. Age wise. Um, so he's my pick. And then you have uh, Jack Campbell. Before everyone laughs, <laughs> uh, why would why would Toronto let go of a Hart Trophy Vesna winning uh, Jennings carrier goaltender like that? Well, it all depends on which Jack Campbell you're looking at. So, are you looking at before Christmas Jack Campbell or after Christmas Jack Campbell? Because if you're looking at before Christmas Jack Campbell, you got a guy who has nine has a nine twenty five save percentage and a two point three goals against average. If you're looking at after Christmas, Jack Campbell. You've got a guy who has a 878 save percentage with a 386 goals against average. Um, but he's a low risk, high reward type signing because based on the way he's playing this year, you're not going to have to spend a lot of money. He's not. I don't think he's going to get a big contract. He's definitely um, getting a raise over the 1.8 or whatever the uh, hell it is he's making. He'll be a three to four million dollar goalie if you're signing him. Um, but he'll work a good, I think he could be a good one, a one B tandem with Jake Allen because he's still yep. got him for a year and it would be affordable. Uh, and you know what? He's a likable guy. He's a good guy in the dressing room. He's uh, he, he's good with, you know, the fans seem to like him. Uh, you kind of feel for him because he, I think he puts everything on his own shoulders, which I think is part of his issue. Um, as a goaltender myself, like if you're going to be thinking about every goal you let in, then it's going to get to you. Um, and then the other one was Eli, Eli Samsonov. And just because there's been a lot of rumors that yeah. uh, Gorton and Hughes have been interested in Samsonov. I don't know about Samsonov. I, he's a meat to me. He's a mediocre goalie in Washington. Um, maybe they see something. I don't, they're more professional at this stuff than I am. Um, but that's the five that I have. My, my pick is really Huso. Matt out of those five, who do you think is the best fit? For the Montreal, if Carey Price decides he wants to go, and mind you, it does say in my article, people, it does say in here before you go on about his no move clause and we shouldn't get rid of him. It clearly states that he has a no move clause and it'll be his decision whether he wants to go or not. So just before anyone starts biting my head off here, to be fair, to be fair, if you read the entire article (laughs) and get to near the bottom, the ones that are. The ones that would make the most sense would be obviously Huso or um, or Samsonov. Wouldn't surprise me at all if they reached out to Mar- to Mark Andre Fleury. You know, bring the bring the hometown guy back, and uh, I'll throw another one in there, just kind of out of nowhere. Uh, Darcy Camper, who's going to be yeah. UFA as well. 
He is. Yeah, I, I had him. He was a on my paper as one of the goalies to put in, but um, I, I didn't use. Him. I mean, if you if you're going to ignore his injury history as well, if you're not concerned about that, then yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but obviously um, that's obviously playing. Like he's he's had some good years. Yeah, even playing in front of some shitty teams. Um, obviously, his numbers might right now might be a little bit inflated. Obviously, because he's playing for. Uh, playing for a very good team in Colorado. However, at a 9.25 save and a 2.37 goals against for the games that he's the 48 games that he's played. Um, obviously he's stopping the puck somehow. Yeah, and I mean, I can't see Colorado not wanting to keep him after giving up a first and a, and a pretty highly yeah. rated prospect yeah. to get him. Yeah. But if Colorado can get Carey Price, maybe you get gonna... Kemper back yeah. in the trade or something. Well, he's a UFA. Yeah, he's right. He's right. You're not you're not signing you you're not signing no. Kemper to get price. So yeah, if you're getting price, but you're gonna have to get rid of somebody. Yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, ones that you brought up, though, I'd say yeah, Huso or uh, Huso or um, Samson. Samson, yeah. yeah. For me, out of that list, I would definitely heavily lean towards Huso. Uh, I, he was supposed to. He was the uh, the Blues goaltender of the future. Then he had a couple of injury issues and then Bennington stepped out of nowhere and got himself this huge monster contract that I don't see St. Louis being able to move even. Yeah. So who so to me would be the guy out of that list. And I would go off the board for another name and that's Georgia out of, uh, out of, out of the Rangers. So. Oh, Alexander Gorgiev. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, yeah, he's an RFA. He's got another year, I think, remaining after this. No, uh, it's RFA after no, this RFA this summer. You can trade for his RFA rights. You can sign him. I mean, he he's another one, you know, like Campbell, pre-Christmas, post-Christmas. You know, good numbers at the start, started going downhill. But, I mean, he's not getting a lot of starts. He's not well, getting with, a lot obviously of Obviously, with time. how Shesterkin's been playing, yeah. obviously you're going to obviously you're gonna uh, ride the hot hand, right? So. Which makes this perfect is, sense. And this is also going to depend on which direction Montreal plans to go in next season. So, I mean, if they plan on to do this, yeah, we're kind of, we're going to rebuild because they haven't really committed one way or the other before anyone they're, they're kind of doing the Bergevin thing. Let's be honest. They're not committing to a rebuild. They say they want to be heavy in the UFA market and pick up superstar UFAs. That's not a rebuild. Uh, especially not in this no market. but they're going about it slightly differently they're getting high-end prospects and they first are. round picks they are but what i'm saying is they haven't really so i mean if you're doing yeah. the rebuild way well you can take mark andre fleury off the off the books uh you can take carrie price coming back off the books um and they're probably just going to stick with jake allen and montembeau resign montembeau for a year as a backup that's probably what they're going to do you got to also think um, what the what their view of Primo is, because that's going to affect their decision on who to bring in. Do they bring in an older guy for a short term? Do they go searching for their their next starter long term? So that's going to have an effect. My opinion on Primo, and I wrote an article a few months back on the the Canadians goaltending prospects, is I think he's going to drop, and I don't think he's going to be the future of the Canadians that everyone thinks he is. He's also another guy that they're going to have to sign to bring back. Yeah. I he's in our faith this year, sir. 
I think they do sign Primo. I think they, I think they, so. I think so they, too. They, they, they will sign him, but I think I'm not saying he was developed bad. I'm not saying oh, he's just not done developing yet. He's just not done developing, and I think you need another year or two. Uh, so if that's the case, signing a guy like Flurry for three years is almost perfect. Because in Flurry's yeah. last year, you have Primo up there, and you have Flurry mentoring Primo uh, for his final season. And uh, but signing Huso means you're not expecting him to step up. Exactly, signing Huso or Darcy Kemper or <coughs> is Darcy Kemper still in his twenties? I believe. No, he's 20s. early thirties. Is he early thirties? Well, still, even if you sign Kemper, you're not. Uh, you know. Um. You're, you're looking at Primo's really not in your future or your, your immediate future anyway. Um, this was a bad year to uh, really look at Primo and how he was doing in Montreal. And uh, that might've affected his play in Laval because he's not the runaway number one guy in Laval with either. So, well, I mean, you're, you're getting, you're getting tug award one end to the other going back and forth. You're not getting as much yeah. playing time as you should. Yeah. You, know, you can say that you can there. say that about most of the players on this team this season, though, and it like yeah. you can say you can say injuries played a played a part in some of them, and where guys have had to step into bigger roles, or uh, obviously there was COVID for a while, and you had guys coming up for the ECHL yeah. over Christmas to play, and then you had obviously the coaching change as well. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so it, it pre- this is a really bad year to try to evaluate Primo, and yeah. so I think he needs at least another year to get evaluated. And then go from there. Like a year where he's not interrupted, where he's just in Laval the entire season uh, as the number one guy, just to see how he he approaches it. Ironically, Primo would be the one that benefits the most from Price returning now. Yes. Because then he yes. would return to Laval. Yeah. You can leave him there and you can let him help push the team into the playoffs. Because right now Laval is in a, in a, a pretty good race for a, a decent playoff spot. They're fighting for positioning now. And then they've got a team that could do some damage in the playoffs. Yolonen went back down. He brings a lot more skill and speed down there. Shuneman uh, can go down there and play once the Schooneman. season's over. Pockets um, down there. And I know at the NHL level, people don't like him. But at the AHL level, he's just putting up a goal a game. Uh, he's injured now, though. Yeah. But yeah, come playoff time. Oh, yeah, seven, yeah, seven goals in nine games. He's doing pretty yeah. well. Schneider so, just came over from New Jersey, who's a great AHL player and doing well yeah. for them. I mean, it's been Excellent Harvey Panarin down there. He's just been yeah. on a tear lately. He's got mm-hmm. uh, 49 points now. Yeah, their, their defense. I mean, Emil Heinemann's there now. Luke Kondata just has shown up. Um, the, well, the Heinemann's defense injured, with, so. Yeah, but he's down there. Um, I know it's almost the end of the season, so, you know, Joel Tisdale injury watch is on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, um, unfortunately for him, right? Shuneman going oh, I'm just, back I, I, I joke. I hope I doesn't, he doesn't get injured, obviously. But. And Shuneman going back would help their blue line. I mean, they've got a lot of skill that can go into Laval and really help on a deep playoff run, which in the long run is better development-wise. Yes. So that's and if hope. Primo doesn't work out in the playoffs, you have Kevin Poulin with the NHL experience and the way he's been playing this year in Laval. You have the goalie tandem that could – yeah, you know, if one falters, you can just throw the other guy. And I'm not saying Primo's playing bad this year. He's not having the season he had last year. But I'm not saying Primo's playing bad this year. Don't get me wrong. I'm not no. saying he's he's bad in Lavelle, but he's not. I don't think he has the confidence of the coach to 
run with him for three, four games. He's he's been he's been one A, one being him and Poole in the entire. You've got to keep in mind too down uh, down in the AHL, they're playing three three, four, five games a week at yeah. some points, and there's a lot of bus rides. So yeah, he's going to be going back and forth with the goaltenders. It makes that's that's just what they do in the AHL. So the fact that he's not playing every single game for a long stretch, I mean, I don't want to hold it against him, but you're right. He has some games where he looks amazing. And then he has some where he looks really bad. So that's stuff he's got to work on for him. It's consistency in his performance. It's always been the case. You saw it at the NHL level. He played great. And then he played, play crappy. Like it just, once he finds his consistency, then, then we'll really see if he's a starter or not. And and that's why I'm saying, I don't think this is the right year to no. really get a good evaluation no. of, of his game. <sighs> yeah. So we'll see even and Owen Savory's down there on the PTO. So that, that could factor into the future as well, but it's, it'll be interesting to watch Laval once they hit the playoffs. Now from there, uh, Marty St. Louis had a bit of a press, con- like a post-practice press conference yesterday. In it, he he said that he wants to remain in Montreal as the head coach next year. So that kind of puts to rest, does he want to stay or not? So it's clear he does. It's pretty clear that Hughes likes him and wants him in these roles. So I think now it's just a matter of hammering out. Does he sign a two-year, a three-year? How much money? I did argue that I think Marty St. Louis actually said it on the, I said on Twitter the other day, um, you know, uh, I don't know if I said bad take or, uh, or uh, whatever. Anyway, uh, I can't think. Um, <laughs> anyway, I said Martin St. Louis may not coach because he might want a management position. And the only reason I said that is because until yesterday, Hughes has said, hey, we like Marty. We like what he's doing with the team. We like his approach. Everything he's saying is like, I kind of want to take this interim tag off him and make him the coach. But St. Louis was very quiet. St. Louis never really said whether one way or the other until yesterday. And then yesterday. So once again, I say something on Twitter and someone in Montreal screws me over. But uh, um, a bold prediction is what I said. That's what I call it. A bold prediction. And he said he'd like to come back as head coach as Montreal Canadiens. So I think they're just going to wait to the end of the season. Once the season's over, they're going to be like, all right, Marty, three, you years, want? At, three yeah. years at this much money. Is that good for you? Yep, that's good for me. All right. Because, I mean, really, the way he's coaching these kids and the, 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 the relationship he's developing with them, especially Caulfield, Suzuki, you just can't say, all right, thanks, guys. I'm out. See you later. Right? And then – you know, Michelle Terrian comes in for Terrian 3.0 and smokes oh, a cigarette. turn now. Smokes a cigarette, stares at them, and doesn't say anything and say, He's associate. He'll be the associate coach. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be yeah. Vino with Terrian and Julian as assistant coaches. Paul so, uh... Which brings us to the game against the, the Blue Jackets. Now, we t- you talked about the youth. We'll get into how some of them looked in the last couple of games. But the Blue Jackets a game, um, nobody looked good. I mean, no. this was the it was the first game under Marty St. Louis where the team just did not look into they, it. They, they weren't engaged whatsoever. No. From, I thought Ryan Paling had an excellent game. I think he was the one and only. Yeah. Well, I mean, Suzuki on and off, but 
Paling from start to finish well, had, was probably had, the I, only Montreal Canadian yeah. to show up. He, he, I thought he had a great game, really, especially that defensive play on the breakaway where he got back. Oh and, yeah, that massive back. The speed, yeah. the speed needed it to surprised make that back me, check. Actually. It surprised me that he caught up to him because uh, what's his name? The guy on the breakaway, uh, I forget his name, but he's not a he's not a slow skater. He's, he's and a he had good, a massive lead. Yeah. And he took him, took him by, took his body out, stole the puck right from him. Uh, his tip end goal was good. He was getting power play time, and he looked good on the power. Although the power play looks terrible, Huffman got to come off the the point of the. He got a quick quarterback in that power play. If they're gonna play five, yeah, they've got a they can't quarterback. He's got to go on a fade. He's got to go on a dot. He has yeah. to say he has to stand on a dot, and that's. I, think I know Suzuki. the dot he can stand on. It's the one in the dressing room. <laughs> I listen. I. I'm with you, Blaine. I'm so tired of Mike Huffman that it's not even funny. Like all plays go to die on Mike Huffman's stick. It's just, you pretty much put Petrie there. It's the same thing. But with, with paling back to paling in on the power play, (laughs) that net front presence, that's something that, you know, it's kind of hit and miss with the Canadians. You can put, uh, you can put Dvorak into that bumper position Mm. uh, with paling right in front of the net. I mean, they, I know they've tried Anderson there, but that's not Anderson's forte. He's just a big guy, but his they're strength. Mi- they're, they're really missing uh, They're missing Perry right now on uh, in that position. Well, they got to find another another way of doing it. Do. I, I, don't, I don't see them fixing the power play now. I, it's more of a, they're going to have, uh, St. Louis is going to have to come up with something in the off season, but. Yeah. The, th- the thing that the thing for me for in that in that position, like I like paling paling isn't bad in that position. Uh, we saw uh, Anderson a little bit into that position. For a guy, he's not he he shows flashes, and that's Armia. Armia is a big body, and he's hard to move off the puck, right? But the, the, what I'm getting at, what I'm getting at, the, the you know that move that 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 move yeah. that I'm talking about that Perry does that, that Perry did. Yeah, that, that tur- that spin he does around. that. He does that spin and go. That is an ideal move for a for guy Armia. like Armia because he, he is hard to he is hard to move off the puck when he's engaged. When he's in, engaged, in a, right? But yeah. you put him in that position, and that's his go-to move, and. And you know they do that little triangle play where it's like tap tap tap. It might be if, a guy to put there. He's if, he's he's going to make a better pass than say Paling would. If position. you get a guy in that uh, in that center spot or in front of the net that can really like parry that or that can really sit there, you kind of open up the lane for Caulfield to take a shot or Suzuki because, or Suzuki because, or Hoffman. because that defenseman because right now all they're doing is pushing out to Caulfield and he doesn't have a shot. Yeah. That's all that because the defense was like, well, I'm not going to worry about these two guys in here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you need more than one uh, weapon. You need more than Correct. one option. Yeah. Which uh, Hoffman was supposed to do, but he's nothing. But Paling, it was really, he's yeah. played on the power play before his injury as well. And he did really well in the yeah. same position. So he's the one, he's one of the few that have been showing the effort to try and play that role. I mean, Norma Flynn on TSN said that there's no plan or a fit for paling on this team. And he is completely out to lunch. I mean, wow, it's the it? guy who mentioned trading Suzuki for who was it? Uh, Palmieri. No, yes, Palmieri. Yeah. 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 And yeah, he's, he's... trading Caulfield for something else. And wasn't it Caulfield for Palmieri? And Suzuki was for 
Suzuki uh, was Simmons. for somebody else. Simmons. Was for Wayne was Simmons. It for Simmons? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was Caulfield for Romero. That was last year. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, come on. Paling has a role. This is a kid but, that could fit. But if you get that guy in that position or a guy in the yeah. proper position who can be dangerous, you open that lane for Caulfield because now that defenseman has to pick and choose, well, if I cover him, I'm leaving this guy open. If I cover this guy, I'm leaving the other guy open. I have no fucking clue where to go here. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that power play, <laughs> that one power play, that few, that what was that, 25 seconds, 30 seconds, was basically the highlight of the entire game. The rest of the game was just... It was awful. It was well, honestly... It was one of the weak- glove save was pretty highlight. That yeah. was pretty good. It was one of the weakest games I ever saw them play. Exactly. They, they weren't they weren't in on the four check. If I look, I, I know that it depends game to game who counts the hits, who counts the blocks, etc. The only forward that registered a hit last night per the stat tracker was Paling. One hit and the all the forwards. But Romanov had the highlight hit when he, he took did, out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He did. Yeah. Roslovic. Roslovic. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty standard. It's, it's wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like I say, Montebo had that good glove save. I mean, he let three bad goals in, but we'll ignore that because it was a good glove save and he should be our future goalie if price doesn't work out. Before we move on to other stuff to do with this game, can everyone stop talking about that fucking Blackenberg hit? He literally jumped off the bench, caused his team to take a penalty to throw the hit. And then everyone's like, Oh, University of Michigan. Did you see that? You know, what a hit. And I'm like, he, he, he's the reason they took the fucking too many men penalty. It was a good hit, though. Oh, yeah, whatever. I think I think they're fucking... Uh, I, I, I think the TSN was just reaching to see how they can compare... Greg Millen loved it, okay? So therefore, yeah. it was a good hit. Yeah, let's compare I'm, him I'm to just... Matthews a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's that. Yeah. Um... I will say this. I was glad the referees called the penalty against, I believe it was uh, Gallagher when he pushed the puck past the defenseman and he got called for interference because the defenseman stayed on the player. And I think it was Gallagher because they did the same thing to Armia earlier. So I will say they were consistent in that call. It was the only call they were consistent in, but at least they were consistent in a call. I'm giving props to the referees on that one. I mean, if you're going to be making a bad call and the exact same play happens, if you're consistent with it, at least you can say, well, at least he's interpreting the rule the same way. So technically though, in, in Roslovic's first or second goal, Caulfield was being interfered with uh, at the time. And they moved the puck around and the guy wouldn't let Caulfield move, but technically he was interfered with. Anyway, I'm just, yeah, I noticed, I noticed that too. I don't like yeah. to really, I don't really complain about refs because I think it's useless, but no, it's uh, pointless. But back to um, back to the saying. Canadians in the game. This is there the was old, no Canadians I, in the game. No, I mean this <laughs> as as a team is. I think it's honestly it's the first time under Saint Louis they just didn't show up. I don't know why they just. I didn't honestly show up. thought uh, even when it was three one. I thought they'd make a comeback and do something, but they just felt like watching a Dom Ducharme game. Yeah, really I mean, nothing against. I mean that's just the way it was. They were went down and it was like, oh well, we're down. We we suck. Considering the year the Canadians have had to have finally given just that one stinker of a game to St. Louis, it's taken a long time. And they're getting fatigued. The year year's drawn in. Uh, yeah. The players are getting fatigued. Yeah. 
I think Caulfield's getting a bit bit fatigued. I don't think he's looked good the last couple of games, even though he did score against Toronto. Defensively. Offensively, he's still creating yeah. chances, but it's that but defensive side. He's, although I do like his forecheck. I think he's a very good forechecker, yeah. and he keeps that puck in a lot. I find it's the other side of the ice that he's – and I, it, a lot of it has to do with his size, too. I think he just can't – what can he do? Yeah, he, he's – that last game against Columbus, he kind of dogged it a little bit on the defensive mm. side of the puck. And he just looked, he looked tired. And you know what? Suzuki's known for doing that sometimes too. And I think that's, uh, uh, but they're young. They'll get over it. We, well, that's definitely something they have to work on. They have to improve on that. And if Caulfield can score 25 to 35 goals a season, I am okay with him dogging it on defense every once in a while. He is not there to play defense. He's here to score goals. That's right. Um, Well, Let's be honest, though. Max Pacioretty had six straight 30-goal seasons. He was putting up 60 to 70 points a year, and people hated it because it looked like he was dogging it on the defensive side, and he wasn't a power forward. So there's always going to be a group of people that hate a player for some odd reason. But I'm with you. If this kid can score 35 goals in a season, if he dogs it on a back check a couple of times, I mean – Okay, it's going to happen. I honestly think, and you can quote me on this, Caulfield can hit 50 goals. I'm not saying he will, but I think he can in the right environment with the right, with the right line mates. I think he can hit 30 next year, and maybe in a couple of years, maybe he can pull off a 50, maybe. I, I think he can hit 50. I'm not saying... Yeah, I'm, I'm not comparing him to Austin Matthews, Toronto fans. That's not what I'm doing. <laughs> because Austin Matthews Relax. can't hold a candle to this kid because this yes. kid's played more playoff series than him. But I will say oh. this, in the United States Development League, Caulfield scored more goals than Austin Matthews. Facts. He's the highest scoring forward to this listen. point. Listen, I'm going to say something right here. Props to Matthews, 50 goals over a 50-game span. I see what uh, you did. <laughs> 51 to be exact. Good for him. That's a feat that's uh, hard to break. He's probably going to hit 65 goals this year in 82 games, which is another uh, – uh, sure. listen, I'm, not, I'm never taking anything away from Matthews. I don't care. But please stop thinking everyone's trying to compare Caulfield to Matthews because nobody's comparing Caulfield to Matthews. Absolutely. Or, or any other goal scorer. Or any other goal scorer. Or anyone to Matthews in general. Matthews is Matthews. And uh, also, I'm kind of tired of hearing that Matthews is the best goal scorer in the league. Uh, Alex Ovechkin's right there. Alex Ovechkin's 38 years old and has 49 goals or 47 goals. And he he hits like a fucking Mack truck and actually plays defense. And And he takes just (laughs) as much shit on the ice as Austin Matthews does. Yeah. Except he pushes back. Yeah. Um, cuff. <laughs> and he has a cuff. Knock your ass out, right? And he's won a cup and yeah. made it past the first round a couple times. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. I still think Ovechkin is the best goal scorer in the league only because he's still hitting 50 goals at 38. You know what I mean? And he's not just a goal scorer. He's like, like Matt said, yeah. he's physical. Yeah. A defenseman does not want to go in and be like, oh, no. I'm just going to, I'm just going to grab the puck because no one's going to hit me. You know, Vashkin's going to fucking go through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but again, 
I, I read on a thing that this guy, Toronto guy, saw our show, listened to our show. Thanks for the listen. Appreciate it. Thank you. You're, okay. You made us top 15 Canada. And uh, and he was going on about how we uh, were just bashing the Leafs, which we do. I'm not going to deny that. It happens. Um, it happened. It was three to one. Uh, I don't know what he said. I don't have it on my thing. I don't follow him. He's one of those guys that he's not a homer, but talks like a homer. He'll tell you he's not a homer, but talks, you know, he's a man. For instance, when I said it wasn't 50 and 50, because 50 and 50 is 50 game, 50 goals in your first 50 games. He was one of the guys that thought I was a complete idiot when I said, but he did get 51 over a 50 game span. It's different. I'm sorry, but it's different. It's not the same. It's different. He got 50 goals in a 65 in 65 games. That's 58 goals. 58 goals in 65 games is what he had. That that's what it is. That's what it is. I'm sorry. Which which is good. That is <clears throat> it's incredible. Unreal. It's a 0.85 goals per game rate. It's almost a goal a game. That's almost worth paying 11 million dollars for a guy. I have again, I have nothing against Matthews. One of the top 10 players in the league. Uh-oh. I oh, 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 dude, you didn't say you, 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 yeah. Monstrous. Oh, yeah. Anyway, anyway. The, anyway, the only thing <laughs> I have against, I don't have anything against the player. It's the coverage. It's just the constant fellation of this one player mm-hmm. for the simple fact that he plays on that one team. It's like when I mentioned Huberto. Yeah. Why are you bringing up Matthews? Because he scored his 50th goal on the same night Huberto broke the record. That's why I'm bringing up Matthews. It has nothing to do with the fact that he plays for the Leafs or anyone else. If it was McDavid and they had 14 articles of Owen David hitting 50 goals and one little tiny paragraph. Oh, by the way, this Canadian kid broke this left wing record. Yeah. Right. Uh, I would have said the same thing. Why are you making 15 stories about McDavid's 50th goal that we all knew he was going to get anyway? And you're not making a big deal out of this guy. Oh, because it's in Florida. It doesn't matter what what team he's on. It is a record that was broken. A 20-some-odd old year year record. When uh, Matthews broke the record, Vise Toronto record, make all the stories you want. That's a big thing. That, that was huge. Thing. That was huge. Good for him. Write 15 stories about it. I get it. I get that. When he hit 65, write a bunch of stories about that. Because first guy to do it since Ovechkin in 08, 09. Go write it. It's true. He's not getting like, um, there's a lot of players that aren't getting the, uh, getting the recognition, uh, the recognition they deserve. Huberto is definitely one of them. I've been an advocate for him the whole year. Roman Yossi. Uh, Roman Yossi is another one. Yeah. Yeah. Roman Yossi is another one. Yeah. Who do you hear about the heart? McDavid? McDavid, Matthews. Matthews? Who else? uh, Maybe a bit of Shesterkin. At the, before, a while ago. Now they're not even talking about Shesterkin. Yeah, but the heart but, is the uh, most valuable player to his own team. Correct. You lose Matthews off Toronto. Toronto still makes playoffs. Yes. You take Yossi off Nashville. What happens? They don't make the playoff. You take Shesterkin off the Rangers. Huberto, Florida's iffy. Yeah, yeah Florida's very much iffy. so. Very much so. I but think they still like, make the playoffs. But Yossi, I think right, they still make it, but they're they're iffy. They're, they're Yossi right now, eighty-seven points this year, and I know a lot of people are like. You know, is it Makar? Is it Yossi? Is it Makar? Is it Yossi? It's Yossi. Uh, it's Yossi, Yossi, in my opinion, as well. Yeah. Yossi can play both ends of the ice. Yeah, and he is, and for thirty minutes a night. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and these yeah. are the people for me. My top three uh, heart guys: 
Shesterkin, Yossi, and Huberto. McDavid and Matthews aren't even in the conversation to me. Personally. I'd agree. I'd agree with that. Yeah. And, and I know the argument in, is. Uh, you, and you, you know what? Even a... even with Shesterkin right now, sorry. Uh, even with Shesterkin right now, he's still sporting a two point zero nine with a nine thirty four save percentage. Mm-hmm. It's not like yes, his 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 numbers have dropped in the in the last couple games. Um, he's, those he's are had, huge numbers, and those have. 934 save right? percentage is the one you're looking at. Like, yeah, yeah like the last his, time a guy finished the season with over 930 save percentage. Like his last, like his last, his last five games, uh, 875, 955, a shot out, 885 and 833. So yes, those numbers have have uh, have have dropped a little bit. But the fact that the guy's still got a 934 save percentage, letting up just over two goals a game, good on the guy. And and I said I would have him, him, Yossi, and Huberto. That's my three. That, that, that's my three hard trophy yeah. guys. Yeah. Okay. Now that we've been sidetracked, we're going to go back to the Columbus game. I want to play like about, shit. They play like shit, but I want to talk Mike about Trump. some of the kids. <laughs> like, like Harris. Harris, even though the team was playing like shit, he looked like a veteran player. He looked comfortable. He looked, he looked poised. He didn't play a ton, but he was able to uh, take hits take control of the puck, move the puck up ice. He did not look out of place. No. For me, if um, he quarterbacked the power play, yes, it was in college, but I would have thrown him in, in the in yeah. the position where Hoffman was struggling so bad. Uh, he couldn't go at least, at least give him an opportunity. Like they, that, why that, did they take Weidman off the quarterback? That, Weidman that was too, an excellent quarterback on that power yeah, play. Like, yeah, why did well. they take Weidman for these five forwards when Huffman is making it worse? The fifth forward's making the power play worse. Yeah. To me, this is uh, St. Louis trying different things, trying to wake up Hoffman, trying to get him going, trying to instill something into him. Yeah. I don't think he has it. Like this year, Hoffman is not in this game. His head's not in it. it it's kind of like Petrie, you know, like Petrie needs that. He needs to be motivated mentally to be in it. He needs something to work for. And, and Petrie looked decent in that last game in Columbus because he got to see his family. Didn't he see his family in Florida? Uh, was there an article out there saying that St. Louis told him to go so. visit while well, he was hurt to go? F- because they were saying on the... Uh, yeah, he was with his family when they he got. They hurt. were saying on the show that this was the first time he's seen his family in all this long, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's seen his uh, family not too long. Anyway, uh, back to Harris. He had two shots, one hit, and 16:33 of ice time. So, yeah. and he was he was an even. I, I mean, plus minus is garbage anyway. But he he was even. He he was even. Well, considering the fact that they gave up five goals, uh, three of them even strength, yeah. the fact that he didn't he wasn't on the ice for any of them. That's that's good. Like he he was boxing his guys out in front of the net. He was doing well in uh, one-on-one battles along the boards. He was winning puck battles. He was protecting the puck, moving it up ice. He looked good. I think Gallagher looked good too. Yeah, Gallagher yeah. had a lot of hustle in him, and he worked yeah. hard. I mean, he didn't really. I don't think he did a lot, but he worked hard and he hustled, and uh, that's what you want to see from Gallagher. I think St. Louis working with Gallagher is going to pay dividends come next season. He's trying to change his game so he lasts longer. That, yeah. that, that's kind of what he's trying to do. He's, I think so. And, it, and that's honestly with the $6.5 million for five more years, we kind of need yeah, that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or trade him. Or if you I'll, can. Give a, I'll give a shout out to Suzuki when 83%, 83% on faceoffs, which is good for it's, him because he's usually around 30. 
So it's a position. Well, he's, he's up getting, and down. But it's a position yeah. he's getting better at. Uh, Dvorak yeah. was 69%. So. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> boy. <laughs> he could have been 70, but he lost that draw. Yeah, just for, yeah. just for On purpose. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he knew. He knew. Um, anything else out of that game? Montembeau sucks. That's what I got out of that game. Well, you, you mentioned that about 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Oh, you, did I? Sorry. You, yeah. you, you have, you have, you have, uh, you have uh, no idea the amount of messages that I got during that game that said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I'd also like to heap a little bit more praise on Suzuki. I mean, the kids, you know, he's got 56 points this year. It's his, you know, that's a career high. He's on pace for a good 60. I mean, well, he's going to continue the, the, the terror that he's kind of on right now. And that's why yeah. I'd really like to see him going back to our last conversation about the world championships. And I mean, I'd love to see him be there, play a top six role. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it would be fantastic for him. And um, especially going into a, into the big contract next season, because you know that the media is going to talk to talk about him that much more and it's going to be, the, the important thing for me right now is getting the third on that line. We know that yeah. Caulfield works really well with them. It's going to be getting that consistent uh, winger. Yeah. So you can have that consistent top line. That's you see a lot of the, you see a lot of the, uh, the top lines in, uh, in the, in the league right now. And that's really what you have. You have a three consistent players. Well, before the season's out though, um, Suzuki's got 19 goals already. Yeah. So I'd like to see him get one more. <clears throat> Caulfield's at 18. If these two guys can finish with 20 goals on the season, considering yeah. how fucking horrible the start of the year was for the first 45 games, that to me is a massive, massive victory. Yeah. Anderson could get his 20. He only needs two more. Yeah, exactly. And, and he, he's streaky, so he get his in one game and be done with it. So one shift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but when you think Caulfield, about it, Anderson's on on pace uh, over an 82 game span for 25 goals. So if you're upset about the 5.5 million, I mean, it's 25 goals. Yeah, well, if over an 82 game span, Caulfield's on pace for almost 30. But uh, yeah. under under St. Louis' stats, so if you look yeah. at if you just take what he's doing under St. Louis, uh, Rim Pitlick's starting to come back to earth now with his uh, his shooting percentage. Yeah, he's down. I mean, he's definitely a bottom six guy, but he's a he's a useful bottom six guy. He, he is. A, he's he's a, a guy player. that I wouldn't mind seeing. Just you know, throw him with throw him in there with Jake Evans. Right, throw throw him yeah. there, or with or play him with Dvorak or something like that. Wouldn't have an issue. With his him. problem right now is he's playing on a line with Huffman. Yeah, doesn't it doesn't matter. Oh, I think it's Evans Pitlick and Huffman right now, isn't it? Like, Dvorak Pitlick and Huffman. Huffman. And uh, I'm telling you, Huffman is pucks go to die on his stick. I don't know what they it do. is, but uh, I, I want to be clear here that uh, on team scoring, it's Suzuki Caulfield one, two and points for the team. Yep. Yep. Lekkinen still third and Hoffman is still behind him. And no, Hoffman has played no, the same number Huffman. of games. I'm hating on Huffman. You can't say he's third. No, no. Hoffman's not third. Lekkinen's third. Oh, and Hoffman's and behind him. Okay, I'm looking at the, the Canadians' website, and I have Suzuki, Caulfield, Pitlick, Anderson as top four. For points. For I'm points. looking at points. That's what I'm saying, for points. 
but they don't have Lekkonen on here because he's not on the team anymore. Yeah, yeah that's so, that's not that's not right yeah. anyway. Because <laughs> it's Suzuki, Caulfield, Anderson, Hoffman, then Dvorak, Weidman, Evans, Pitlick. Like it's it, it, Hoffman's still behind Lekkonen on points to this team. So yeah, I agree. They need another line, uh, another line mate for that top line. So final thoughts, Trek. Final thoughts. I like Anderson on that line. Uh, if you can just be a little bit more consistent, I think he opens the ice for Suzuki and Caulfield. And they had that chemistry. Uh, I understand that um, St. Louis is trying to mix things up and try different players in different positions. And why not? You're not winning with the season, but I think that kind of hurt that chemistry on that line for when they put them back together. Um, I liked Armia on that line too. So maybe like what you were saying earlier, why don't, I think they need a big body with speed to be on that line, the speed to keep up with them. Uh, I will compare it to Michael Bunting with uh, Matthews and Marner. Uh, the reason he's on that line is not because he's a great scorer or anything. It's because he can, he's a bigger guy that has the speed to keep up with Matthews and Marner. And, and they're the think, same age. And, he, and he's 47 years old. So he gives them that fatherly, you know, uh, love, but uh, um but you need that type of guy. I think Anderson is that guy. The problem with Anderson is he's terrible with the puck. So uh, he's just basically a skate and shoot type guy. Uh, so if you can get an Anderson type guy who can pass as well as he can shoot, then I think you're, I mean, the draft's puck coming retrieval up. retrieval kind of guy. What's that? A puck retrieval guy. Yeah. So, I mean, the draft's coming up. You have that uh, Czech guy, Savlovsky. The Slovak, yeah. Yeah, the Slovak. I think, I think he would be a good fit, fit on that line once he's drafted by Montreal. <laughs> what about you, Matt? What are you thinking? I'm thinking if they don't draft him, they are going to bring in Sherbrooke, Quebec native David Perron in the offseason, and that's going to be the guy that's going to be on that that's a good. Uh, that's a good point because he, he is a free agent. There's a big name signing. There you go. Yeah. That probably wouldn't cost more than $6 million. A guy that's uh, 33 years old, he'd be 34 at the end of this month. Might be, might be something to think about. They always seem to, the rumor always seems to go around him. And then he's like, eh, I'm going to go to Vegas. I'm going to go to St. Louis. So yeah. I'm going to go back to St. Louis. So um, my final thoughts, uh, really too bad for a guy like Allen to be out now for the rest of the year uh, with a groin injury. The guy gave it his all this season in a shit year. He never gave up on the team. He never gave up on the play. He never gave up, et cetera. He, he, he spoke his mind. Um, whatever ends up happening to him, if he stays, if he goes, um, I'm happy that he's, he's been a Montreal Canadian. And, uh, is this a new Brunswick thing? Yeah. I was just going to say, you you new Brunswick guys are always, uh, I'm getting to other players as well. (laughs) He's just the one, the first one on your mind from New Brunswick. So obviously (laughs) I'm going to talk about him first because we, you know, they all know know each other. We all know each other. Exactly. Um, but yeah, <laughs> good on him. Uh, it's very unfortunate that he got injured, but uh, you know, hopefully we'll come back healthy next year. Be the, be the backup to carry price. Uh, Joanne now out for the year with uh, wrist surgery and unfortunate for Justin Barron as well is going to yeah. be out for the rest of the year. Especially so, he, that was a terrible game to go. scores his first goal. The yes, goal yeah, it was. That's right. And uh, he was playing really well. Well, the thing is, 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 
he would have been a really good weapon to go down to Laval for uh, for the playoffs. Yeah, and now he was now he was el- he was eligible to yeah, go. Yeah, and now they're going to miss out on that. So unfortunate for him. But yeah, small sample size. I thought he played well. He'll be he'll be at training camp and uh, he'll uh, he'll push for a position. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him train out here this this summer. Him and his brother, that monster, scoring all those goals <laughs> against Montreal. Yeah. Hey, you want to score oh, your right. first? Yeah. Want to score your first goal? Get your first point. Get your first shutout. Play the Canadians. Well, well the Habs are guys, all about firsts. Yeah. <laughs> two guys didn't score their first goals last night. One got an assist though. Yeah. yeah. So he did yeah. get his first point. Bastards. Um. <laughs> Yeah, for me, final thought, I don't really have any. I just want to, uh, again, thank everyone who has been sticking with us through all this time on on our podcast, sending in ideas, sending questions, interacting with us online, and keep clicking, you know, keep listening, keep telling, you know, keep, uh, just keep us honest, you know, keep sending those comments in we, we love the interaction we i'm just really surprised that we've gotten to 250 episodes and i'm really proud that we have too uh, yeah. i'm very happy to worked with you guys now for what is it five years on this show uh, 20, 2018 for myself yeah, yeah. yeah. we started you for and myself, i started together myself. you and guys you started joined, and then i joined in in 2018 yeah, yeah. you joined in at the draft the 2018 yeah. draft and we started in 2017. I don't know when. Yeah. I think before Christmas. Yeah. So five years total on the show. Four with Matt. Hey, it's it's been a great run so far. Uh, it has. I shout out to all the great guests we've had, and all the yeah. interactions we've had, and all the uh, the people we've got to uh, to meet, and all the other podcasts uh, that uh, we've uh, given shout outs to, or that have helped us along the way as well. Yeah, it's been a, it's a very supportive community. I'm very happy to be a part of it. So again, thank you very much for listening. And remember, if you were talking about it, so are we. Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. 
Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.